0: Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Gospel chapter number 5, I'm sorry chapter number 4 verse number 26 records these words. Joey, can you turn it doesn't record that. Joey, can you turn me up in the monitor just a little bit? You're like, "Where is that at?" Joey, can you Mark's Gospel chapter 4 verse 26. And he said, "So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground." Everybody shout seed. It's as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and he should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, but he does not know. How? For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Jump back up to verse 26. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast, shout that next word, seed seed into the ground. Amen. Amen. Now, before uh, me and my wife moved here, we lived on a farm down in Alabama. Beautiful farm. We had several acres. It was, it was really our, our dream. And uh, we, had, we had goats, and we had sheep, and our, one of our sheep was actually black, um, but his foot was white, and I was trying to redeem his identity, <laughs> but he still acted like a black sheep. And we had pigs and we had uh, cows and we had about 50 chickens and we had about 15 rabbits and we had about 10,000 honeybees and we had all sorts of things. All right. And we also had one of the best things about growing up on a farm and we, we had to, we, when we moved up here, we literally had to sell the farm, but God's going to give it back to us in Knoxville. I don't know what it is. I love this city. I mean, I love this city down in my bones. I drive. Oh, hallelujah! I feel it talking about it. You, some of y'all from here is like, "What is your problem? You need to get out more." I've traveled all over the world, and I love this city. Does anybody else love this city? Four of you. Thank God. We'll do something in Jesus' name. And uh, one of the things we missed the most about the farm, though, was we had a garden. And uh, anybody here, anybody in here go back far enough that you know what it means to go pull your own vegetables out of a garden? Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody, that red thing that you buy at the grocery store that they call a tomato, that is not a tomato. That is a poser. That is an imposter. You have not ate a tomato till you have went and pulled it out of the ground that you grew it in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do I have, quit acting like I'm in Manhattan. I'm from the hillbilly Smoky Mountains. Does anybody know what I'm talking, that thing they call a bell pepper at the grocery? That is not a bell pepper. You're supposed to eat a bell pepper and it's supposed to make hair grow on your chest because it punches you in the mouth so hard. They don't have that stuff at the grocery stores. anybody know what I'm talking about? One of the things we missed the most is it was our garden, and we loved our garden. And, and, and it is so it was so fascinating to me. I learned so much about the kingdom because every time Jesus got ready to talk about the kingdom, he would say this. He would say, the kingdom of God is like a seed getting planted in the ground. He would say, the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed that gets planted in the ground. And what he's saying is you can learn a lot about the kingdom when you pay attention to a seed. The first thing a seed has to do is it's got to get planted somewhere. I've been preaching on that. The first thing a seed has to do is it's got to planted to get planted somewhere. In other words, it's got to get up under some dirt. The first thing a seed has to do is it has to be willing to get planted in a place where it does not get seen for a little while. And one of the things that people don't like about the kingdom is sometimes God's going to put you in a place where you don't get seen for a little while and he's going to see how do you handle being in darkness. There's something that can happen to you when nobody knows your name and nobody's cheering you on and nobody's telling you how fantastic you are. God just plants you in a place where nobody sees you but him. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to help me this morning. You with me? And he said, you got to get planted up under dirt. When you get planted up in somebody's church, when you get planted up in somebody's house, you don't get planted under perfection. God makes you get planted under dirt. That means God's going to plant you up under a leader that has issues and flaws and problems, and he's still going to say, you stay right there and you serve the house that I've called you to serve because that's what it means to get planted. I'm about to give myself an offering in Jesus name You with me? That's what it means to get planted. I know that's a foreign concept, and I've preached this for seven months at Hope Unlimited Church. and I guess I'm going to do it another seven months until we get excited about what happens when God plants you in a house because that's where God develops you. That's where God grows you. You want real authority on your life? You don't get real authority on your life because you went to Bible school somewhere. You get authority on your life because God planted you somewhere, and you served, and you were faithful. If you will be faithful over a little, I will give you authority over much. We want authority over devils, and ain't even got authority over a sink full of dirty dishes, brother Al. We want authority. <laughs> we want to have enough authority on our life to drive cancer out of somebody's body, but we ain't got enough authority to clean the bathroom at the church. I'm working hard. I can already tell it's going to be that kind of Sunday. It's all right. Getting planted somewhere, not church shopping, not pastor hopping. Not making a decision on where you're supposed to be based upon how dynamic is the kids' building. And I'm not telling you to get planted here. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm saying God's will for your life is that you get planted somewhere and you put down roots. I'm going to stay right here till it breaks. God's will is you get planted somewhere that you serve a man of God, that you serve a woman of God, that you serve a house. That's how the kingdom works because the kingdom is like Seed. And when a seed refuses to get planted, we never see what it could become. And I see a lot of people in church that are still unplanted seed. And all they're doing is sitting around talking about how great they could have been. Were they willing to go through the process of getting planted somewhere? Preach. White boy. Preach. You got to get planted. And so we, we planted our garden. I was watching these seeds sprout up. And then, then I, and I can grow a garden, boy. I can grow a garden. It looked like the Amazon rainforest. I could grow a garden. And then we went on vacation and the goats got out. Ate all the garden. Came back. You know what was left? Dirt. And Jesus is saying, there was something you learn about the kingdom when you pay attention to seed. However, we have been taught our entire life. How many of you have heard this? You've heard this your whole life. Good seed, good soil brings, I was, I was going for good fruit, but it's fine. <laughs> good seed planted in good soil brings forth good fruit. How many of you heard that? Right. Good seed, good soil, good fruit. Right. That's what they, I travel a lot and that's what they say, plant your seed today he's good soil. Glad you see today, he's good soil. Good seed, good soil, good fruit. Seed soil, fruit. That's what we think you need. You just put seed in the ground and boom, fruit pops out. That's not, that's not all there is to the equation. It's not just seed. Listen to me. This is what I came to tell you this morning. It's not just seed planted in soil that brings forth fruit. You could go plant tomato seeds in the ground today. You know what you're gonna have in six months? Ground with tomato seeds in it. As a matter of fact, where we live, you can plant tomato seeds in the ground in April. You know what you're going to have in August? Ground with tomato seeds in it. Because there's another dynamic to good seed, good soil, good fruit. It's not just seed and soil. We also have to have a hot enough environment. The the reason you can't plant certain things in Knoxville and watch it grow is because it's not that it doesn't get hot here. It's that it doesn't stay hot enough here. And God is saying, if you want the seed of the kingdom to bring forth some fruit in this city, I don't need a church that just gets hot every once in a while. I need a church that's learned how to keep a fire burning in the belly that does not go out. Huh? You hearing what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't we're not going to build a church that we just have flashes of passion and flashes of hunger and flashes of going after God. And then we just live the normal life like everybody else in this city lives. I want a church that says we're going to make sure that the fire on the altar never goes down. We're going to make sure that there's still some people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're going to make sure that there's still some people that believe in holiness and living for God and that this is not something you do for 70 minutes on Sunday morning. Morning. And never even think about God for the rest of the week. That's our definition of church today. Come in, eat a donut. Throw some in the offering bucket if you feel like it, and then go home and don't even think about God for the rest of the week. You know what that's called? That's called getting hot for about 70 minutes, but it's not staying hot. I don't want to know what your walk with God looks like on Sunday morning. I want to know what does your walk with God look like on Tuesday afternoon when you're stuck in traffic. I want to know what does your walk with God look like Wednesday morning. I want to know what does your walk with God look like Friday night. I want to know not do you get hot. I want to know have you learned to stay hot. I'm trying. I'm trying. Good seed, good soil does not bring forth good fruit. It's not that people in the city don't go to church from time to time. They do. They do. They 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 get hot. Gonna live right first of the year. Go January one. This is my year. Gonna read the whole Bible. I'm gonna start in Genesis, work my way through. By the time you get to Noah, that's in chapter six, you've already tapped out. (laughs) How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's no condemnation. Let's just talk plain. January 1, I'm gonna bless God. I'm gonna go on a 40-day water-only fast, and I'm gonna call down fire from heaven. And by dinner time, you think you wonder whether or not God ever told you to do that. You start changing your fasting theology fast, quick. You know I don't think you're supposed to fast until you, you know you got a word from God. And I can't say that I've got a word from God. So, what's for dinner? <laughs> it's it's, it's the truth, it's the truth, it's all right. I've broken more fast than y'all. I hate fasting. With a passion. Refuse to do it. Unless God tells me to do it. (laughs) I've tried to tell the Lord, I will pray extra. (laughs) If I can miss the fasting part. So we get hot, get hot. In Alabama, the way our climate is, the way our atmosphere is, is you can't plant tomatoes. You got to go buy a tomato plant. You got to go buy something that somebody else grew because you don't have enough heat on your own. (laughs) That's why all of our churches are starting to look the same. Because we're having to go buy something that somebody else grew because we don't have enough heat of our own to grow something. (laughs) That's why most churches, I can tell what they're going to preach next week just by looking at what Stephen Furtick preached three weeks ago. Because we got to go, I'm preaching right. Because we got to go buy something that somebody else grew because we don't have enough heat of our own. Because it takes work to have a fire burning in your belly. You got to say no to some stuff if you want a fire burning in your belly. But if you want this city to shake, there's got to be a fire burning in your belly. We don't need just good seed. We don't just have good soil. I can throw the seed out here for the rest of my life and if we don't get the temperature right, if we don't get the atmosphere right, where the kingdom of God, where the seed of the kingdom of God can start to move and go through its process then all we have is dead seed living inside dead soil. That's why I'm constantly putting a demand on this church to say, listen, during worship you gotta press in. I know you didn't do it like this at your previous church. That's why we're not at your previous church. I don't want you in here just barely giving them a I need somebody that's got a shout down in their belly. I need somebody that's got a worship down in their spirit. I need somebody that's ready to hear from God and say, man of God, I need you to feed me. I need you to break open this book, and I need you to put something in me that's going to transform my life this kind of, listen, I have learned, this kind of thinking is completely foreign. It is completely foreign to our city. God bless us. It is completely foreign to our city. You start talking about the kingdom of God, and they start talking about, wait a second, What? You said you're making a demand on me now, and at this point, you're getting all up in my business. At this point, you're not just telling me how fantastic I am, and how awesome I am, and how I can think my way out. You're not telling me the power of positive thinking. You're telling me I've got to get on my face before God, and I've got to burn in the Holy Ghost, and I've got to have a prayer life, and I've got to be with the Holy Ghost and I got to get in this book until this book gets down on the inside of me. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Again, I'm taking it easy. I don't know how people live this life lukewarm. Y'all with me? I don't know how people live this life lukewarm. I don't know how the apex of somebody's expression of their Christianity is 70 minutes on Sunday morning. Huh? And for the most part that's so we can avoid going to hell later on. If you, if I took the concept of hell out of your entire theology, would you even have a walk with God? You hearing what I'm saying? Look, I love you. I love you. But this is what you came here for. This is what you're wanting. I believe there's a group of people in the earth. It might not be everybody. I believe there's a group of people in our city. It might not be everybody, but I believe there's one or two. I still believe there's a remnant that says, you know what? Churches, we've known it. That is not the end. That is not everything there is to God. Churches, we know it. coming and being a greeter and then going through a small group where we play basketball. That is not all there is to God. There is a walk with God. There is an experience of with God. There's a fiery, passionate, devotional life that I can lead. And I need to go find a place that's going to tell me Keep throwing gas on my fire. There's a group. Might not be everybody, but there's a group. There's a group, and I'm out here to find them. I'm out here to find somebody that says there's more to God than what we call church. Church. You hearing what I'm saying? There is more to God than what we call church. Where is the burden removing, Yo, destroying life changing power of God? What are we going to do with the little 16 year old girl who is anorexic and cutting herself because she got molested at eight? We're going to give her a small group. Do we really think that's what she needs? No, what she needs is an encounter with the atmosphere that will get the kingdom of God down on the inside of her. Our city, our beloved city, and I, like I said, I love this city. One out of five people, 20 percent of this city is addicted to opioids, addicted to pain pills. 20 percent, what do we got to? What are we going to give them? What are we going to give them? What are we going to give them? Come, come, come have some coffee. Because, because there's not a hot enough environment for a seed of freedom to get planted on the inside of you and then bring forth fruit of freedom because we, we get hard from time to time but I'm trying to find somebody that says I'm ready to get in here and I'm ready to go after God so we create a climate so we create a kingdom atmosphere so when people come in broken and hurting and depressed and abused and addicted that they can get set free is there anybody with me this morning? I know what it is, it's them seats. You don't want to move from that seat. The most comfortable chairs in America, in any church in America. Is anybody with me? Does anybody want to build a kingdom atmosphere? Come on, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't expect everybody. I'm just looking for somebody. Is there anybody here who wants to help me build a kingdom atmosphere? Is there anybody in here that says, you know what? There's some people in my family that are abused, that, that are addicted. There's some people in my family tormented in their mind, and I've got to take them not just to a cute church that's going to stimulate their emotions. I've got to take them somewhere where they can get set free and delivered. I don't know if I told y'all this story yet. I probably did. I don't know if I did or not, but if I did, just pretend like it's the first time you heard it. I should read my Bible. There was a young man back at the ministry that we were previously at. There was a young man that came to our ministry one day. He came to one of our conferences. We do these big youth conferences in a town of about 6,000 people. That's how big the town we're from is, 6,000, and it felt like 600, okay? It's a tiny town, tiny town. And in in 10 years, half a million people came through that town of 6,000 to get their life transformed. We had a young man come into our service one time. He was 14 years old. He'd been addicted to pornography since he was eight. How do you get addicted to pornography at eight? How in God's name do you even get access to pornography at eight? He had been addicted to pornography at eight, since eight years old. He was 14 years old, and he knew what he was doing wasn't right. And I know we don't even talk about that word in church anymore, do we? Pornography, but it's a real problem, and it's killing people, and it's destroying marriages. You hear what I'm saying? And he came in and he said this. He said, I, "We we preached the first night. We we did our thing. We gave an altar call. He came up to the altar call and he, g- he came down, <coughs> came down. He was weeping and he was he was broken and he was getting his life right. And God, God was touching him in a deep way. See, I don't know, but a lot of y'all don't know this. But back in the day, church, we used to have these things called altar calls, yeah. where if you had a problem, you brought it to Jesus and you didn't leave with it." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should, we, should be, we should have done this in the 50s. And uh, he came down to the altar. He was getting touched and changed and transformed by the power of God. Worship lasted about three hours. See, y'all ain't even ready for that yet. Worship lasted about three hours. I, guess, I, get, so, I get so bum-fussled by people. They come in and they say, well, I don't go to that church. I don't like the worship in that church. Well, first of all, we're not worshiping you. I don't really like the worship in that church. Well, that's not for you. Is that really my flavor? Good it's not, it's not supposed to be your flavor. <laughs> Say that. Come on. We're not concerned with trying to get you here. we're just concerned with trying to get God here yeah, come on. and if you don't come back, we'll go miss you. but if he don't come back, nobody gets saved, nobody gets healed, nobody gets delivered. Right. So we're thankful for you, but what we really need is him. Yes. So we worshiped about three hours. About three hours, right? And half of that time was not spent singing a song anybody knew. It was spent humming. Then we preached for an hour and a half on sin. Something you don't hear much of, sin. Black is black, white is white, wrong is wrong, right is right. Sin. And he came down the altar. He was getting his life changed. He's getting transformed. Then he gets it up from he gets up from the altar, and a, and a day later we have a baptism. Fourteen year old boy who's been gripped by this demonic power called pornographic addiction. He's gripped by. It. He comes and he gets his life right, and then he goes and he gets baptized in a little creek. We didn't have a cute little baptistry. We baptized you in a snake infested, nasty, dirty, come out and smell like you don't even know what creek. When he got baptized, comes up shouting and rejoicing. He goes back home. We celebrate the conferences over. And there was a thousand kids just like him that that happened to. Then about two weeks after he gets home, he emails us. And he said, you're never going to believe this. He said, when I came down there to that altar, I knew that I was getting my life right. I knew God was convicting me and drawing me to that altar. And I was going to get my life right. He said, but what I did not realize is after I got home, I, 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 he said, I went two weeks later. I've not looked at pornography at all. He said, but that's not even the miracle. Not only have I not engaged in pornography, God so delivered me, I can't even remember what it used to look like. God did such a work in my mind because there was a hot environment where I could come and what the kingdom wanted to do was set me free because the environment was hot and the seed could grow. Is anybody with me this morning? Shout yes. yes. God almighty. God almighty. You don't get that. We gotta have a we gotta have a kingdom atmosphere. You hearing what I'm saying? That's why I'm telling you. So I'm saying you got to make a demand. You, in, in worship, you've got to make a demand on the Spirit of God. In preaching, you've got to make a demand on the Spirit of God. You got to press through. I know it ruffles your feathers, and I know you got your best t shirt on on Sunday morning, but you've got to press in because there's some people that need their minds. There's some 14 year old boys in this city. There might be some 14 year old boys living in your house whose minds need healed and whose minds need delivered. There's some boys living, there's some boys that come to this church who their whole life, all they've tried to do is be the most popular kid in school, but we're trying to tell them you don't have to be the most popular kid. Just be the most powerful kid in school. Just have the anointing of the Holy Ghost on your life. Just make sure you got a burning, fiery, passionate walk with God. It's so interesting. I, I, uh, I made the worst mistake of my life last week. Okay, the biggest, and I've made a bunch of mistakes in my life, but the worst mistake of my life, you want to hear it? I joined Facebook. Can somebody please explain to me what in the name of God is going on on that godforsaken website? I don't mean to offend you. I don't, but I'm just going to say this. If you spend a whole lot of time on there, you're just not in a good place. Right? Dear God, have some dignity. Have some self-respect and not say that in front of humans. (laughs) Am I right about it? You're like, who hurt you so bad? What had happened to you? Scroll through and it's like, I hate the world. Everybody's a liar. Next post. You want to see a video of someone getting murdered? Not really. Well, it's too bad. I've already started playing it. So what in God's name? And then all the Pakistani brothers. God bless them. <laughs> if I've received one message from a pastor in Pakistan, I've received 5,000 that all start with, Dear brother in Christ, and end with, Could you send money to our ministry? Y'all don't have that problem? Nairobi. Didn't know I had such a big following in Nairobi. (laughs) But it's interesting. One of the things I I do like about it is I get to see all the people that I went to high school with. Right? I don't mean that mean. All you're like, oh, dang. I don't mean that mean. (laughs) Because I remember those people. They'll, 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 whatever it is, they'll contact me in however Facebook does that. Message me. Is that right? They'll, they'll do that. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Facebook thing. It ain't going to last long. So if you want to be a friend, jump in because by September, it's probably going to not be a thing because I've got, you know, a life. Amen. It is so interesting because I'm seeing these people, they'll what they'll they'll, they'll message me. They'll say, hey, haven't seen you in forever, blah, 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 blah. You look as good as you always did, but I'm kidding. They don't really say that's faith talk. Had one the other day that said, I'm going through something in my marriage. Can you pray for me? And I remember thinking, aren't you the very one that when I was 16 burning for God, you thought I was crazy? Because I wasn't the most popular kid in school, but at least you knew where you could go when life got a hold of you and you needed something. Your 14 year old doesn't need to be the most popular kid in school. Your daughter doesn't have to be the head cheerleader. Let's just make sure she's got to walk with God. That 20 years down the road, somebody can contact her and say, I remember what it was like watching you growing up our entire time through high school, that you never wavered and you never compromised and you served God. And I need some help. You with me? We got to build a kingdom atmosphere. We got to build a kingdom atmosphere a hot environment. And it is never, I'm going I've not even got into this part of the kingdom teaching yet. I will in due time, but it is not the job of the pastor to tend to the fire. It's just the job of the pastor to start it. It is not my job to tend to the fire. Oh, if I had time, if I had time, it is not my job to tend to the fire. It's just my job to start. You remember when Abraham carried Isaac up on the mountain and he was going to sacrifice him? Do you know what happens? Your Bible says that Isaac carried the load of the wood up the mountain. The Bible says that the son carried the load of the wood up the mountain. All the father carried was the knife and the fire. The son carried the load and all the father carried was something to cut and burn the son with. Because when we understand the order of the kingdom, we will understand that the purpose of the church is there to carry the load and the leader is just supposed to carry something to cut and to burn me with. See, we ain't ain't even ready for that yet. Y'all ain't even ready for that. I just thought thought I'd drop that, just hit that, and I'd move on, okay? So I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Will you pretend like that, never even happened, okay? But it's not the job of your pastor to tend to a fire. It's the job of your pastor to start one. And then he looks at you and he says, I need you to help me keep this fire burning. I need you to lay down your life because there's some people. What else are you going to lay down your life for so you can retire and buy an RV? I think that's fantastic. I think that might be fun, but there's something else worth living for. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, sir. y'all okay Come on, it's so good. can I take it a little bit deeper yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to keep a kingdom atmosphere not an atmosphere that just gets hot an atmosphere that stays hot so do you know what they do in cities and in regions where it doesn't get hot enough they build what they call a hot house <laughs> wow. they build a hot house so they can control the heat and make sure that it stays on fire. And what I believe this is, you, people have been asking, what's the mission statement of Hope Unlimited? What's the vision statement of Hope Unlimited? What's the cultural points and the values and the core things and all this stuff? This is what we're called to do. We're called to build a hothouse. We're called to build a hothouse. We're called to build an environment that'll stay hot so when people need something from God, they can come and get what they need from God. I want to build a hothouse where every heart in this church is burning. I want to build a hothouse in this city where the kingdom of God can grow and the kingdom of God can spread and it can grip people and shake them and transform them by the power of God. Is anybody with me? We got to build a hothouse. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build build an environment that stays burning for Jesus. I'm trying to build an environment that stays burning for Jesus. What is my mission? To build an environment that stays burning for God. So when people come, they get lit on fire and they say, this is what serving God's all about. Man. When, When was the last time I woke you up at 2 a.m. by the Holy Ghost. You just walk around praying. Something got, a, whew, something got in you. Something started messing with you. When was the last time you opened that book at 9 p.m. and you were going to read for 15 minutes and look up and it's 1 a.m.? When was you want me to tell you the best fast I've ever been on? This is the best fast that I've ever been on. Wake up in the morning, start reading at 9, look up, and it'd be 9 p.m. Start at 9 a.m., start at 9 and then I remember, oh, I forgot to eat. God Almighty, I need somebody that, that, that knows what I'm talking about. When, when, was the last, when was the last time God spoke to you and said, shut your mouth talking to your wife that way? I don't know. <laughs> when was the last time God spoke to you? He said, fix your attitude and get it submitted because it ain't right. When was the last time? And some of you, when I talk like this, some of you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. You're like, wake me up at two in the morning to pray. Yeah. Because there's such a glory in your house. You couldn't imagine sleeping. And you pray for three hours. You only get three hours of sleep, but you wake up more refreshed than you've ever been. And your life and your mind wakes up more sharp than it's ever been in your life. If you've never experienced that, you are missing what this life is all about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's a whole nother world, there's a whole nother dimension that is available if we will keep the atmosphere hot. you hear me? When was the last time? I'm going to mess with you now. Emily, come on up. When was the last time God spoke to you and said, here, you ain't going to like this, but I love you. When was the last time God spoke to you and said, empty your bank account? Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Oh, Lord. When was the last time God spoke to you and said, empty your bank account? And before you got to your car, you already had more than you started with. God's it's called the kingdom. Just say kingdom. Come on, somebody. I've been to preach all that. Somebody say kingdom. What are we called to do? We're called to build a hot house. I'm looking for somebody that wants to burn for God. And I'm looking for somebody that wants to set this city on fire for Jesus. I don't, I did not, I did not quit doing what I was doing in Alabama to come plant a church. To come plant a church that looks like every other church. Right. <laughs> I didn't come to plant a church that looks like every other church. I came to build a hothouse. Because there's a seed of the kingdom that needs to invade this city. But it's not enough to have the seed and throw it on the soil. We got to have the right atmosphere. You with me? And I want some atmosphere changers in here. I want some climate changers. You don't talk about climate change. I want some climate changers. I do believe in global warming. Just a different kind of global warming. Oh, God where the people of God start burning in a way that is absolutely electric and magnetic and contagious. And the whole city gets set on fire. Can you still see that with me? Some of you have lived here so long, you can't even see that anymore. But can you still see that with me, that God wants to do something in our city? Come on. Uh, now, hang on. I want to I I establish something right here in our church forever, all right? Just like when I said we're going to, whenever we take up the offering, we're going to celebrate because we're going to break that mentality that you can't talk about money in church. We're going to break that mentality. Giving is just every bit as much worship as singing three songs is worship. All right. I'm going to set something right now in the church. Okay. Some culture here where I come from. When somebody asks a question, this means yes. This means no. Right. Is there anybody with me that wants to set this city on fire? Is there anybody not with me? That was underwhelming. Is there anybody not with me? Okay, we're going to do this again. This means no. Is there anybody not with me? No, we're all with you, yes. How many of you want to set this city on fire for Jesus? Let me tell you something. That's why why you are here. You're not here because you're raised here. You're not here because that's where mom and daddy live. You're here because you got an assignment here. There's more to life than living for that two weeks of paid vacation on the beach every year. I said there's more to life than living for that two weeks worth of paid vacation every year. If that's the apex of our existence, we live a miserable existence. There's more to our life than hoping the volunteers have a winning record. And I'm praying and believing God with you. All right? You with me? But if that's what you live for, I don't know what it's like here. A little bit I do, but down in Alabama, people's whole world, people people get suicidal if Alabama loses. What a miserable existence. You have an assignment here. There's hurting people that you're called to heal here. Here. There's broken people that you are anointed to put back together here. But we don't want to introduce them to a church plant. We want to introduce them to a burning kingdom atmosphere. Somebody shout hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.